Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and my guest today is El Paso County attorney, Kenny Hodges. How are you doing today, Kenny? Good, thanks. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm doing very good. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, I know that you are a busy person, and <laughs> things never stop when it comes to being the county attorney, so I appreciate you taking out a slice of your time for me. Glad to. Uh, so uh, before we get started talking about your role as the county attorney, I'd like it if you could uh, tell me a bit about your work history prior to your current position. Uh, uh, for sure. I've, I've had an interesting course coming into the county attorney's office. Um, I'll, I'll just cover my time at El Paso County. Uh, I was previously at the county attorney's office for about seven years, uh, doing primarily litigation. But uh, as I'll get into a little bit more here in a few minutes, it's uh, it's an interesting office in that you're exposed to a lot of different things, a lot of different areas of law. Um, I often say it's about as close as you can get to a general legal practice in modern times. Um, and then uh, just just under three years ago, I actually went to the administration side of the house. I served as the, uh, the county's assistant uh, county administrator for a period of, of just about three years um, before applying to and being fortunate enough to, uh, to be appointed by the board to the county attorney role. Uh, very good. And you mentioned the county administrator, Brett Waters. I actually had the opportunity to speak with him a little bit ago. And he mentioned that the two of you are, in fact, the only appointed positions in El Paso on El Paso County staff. Uh, for those who may be unfamiliar with what that process looks like, can you tell us a little bit about how that works? Absolutely. So uh, the Board of County Commissioners, there, there are five members and folks who are listening probably already realize that. There are just the two appointed positions. Uh, Brett Waters is essentially the CEO of the county, the commanding executive officer, I think is the easiest thing to compare him to. Um, and I'm the county attorney. That's intentional that I'm a separate and lateral employee from Brett Waters. Uh, the reason is, is that uh, it enables my office to provide uh, clean, um, independent legal advice. Uh, that's not to say that Brett and I aren't in lockstep on pretty much everything that we do. But that's the, uh, the intent behind the structure. Now, as far as the process, the, the appointment process, unlike a lot of other county employees who, um, who would interview with other staff or senior staff members, uh, Brett and I were actually interviewed and appointed directly by the Board of County Commissioners. Very good. And you've been in this position for about two months now, is that right? It just over two months. All right. So still pretty new to the position. Uh, what are your early takeaways from this appointment? Um, early takeaways, I, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say just how thankful I am to be here. This is a great job. I have uh, just an excellent staff. I, I can't brag enough about my, uh, my attorneys and paralegals alike or excellent folks. It has been a, a busy time filled with quite a bit of change uh, during the last couple of months for, for me personally and, uh, and, and for the office in general, but I, I think we're on a really good course. Now, I read a statistic somewhere, and you know how these statistics go. Who knows if they're right or not, really, really. but uh, it said that the average number of active legal matters your team is dealing with at any given time is somewhere around 850. Uh, did I read that correctly, and can you explain the significance of that stat for listeners? You, you did read it correctly. Um, I believe <laughs> that the statistic that we, uh, we turned in for the, the State of the Region discussion actually was 848 active matters at any given moment. Um, it, it was kind of difficult to come up with a single statistic because there are a lot of things that my office does that I, I'm not sure a lot of people know about. 
Um, for instance, there's ongoing legal advice and representation of the county administrative departments. So you have DHS, facilities, workforce center, IT, I'm sorry, DST, uh, economic development, governmental affairs, public health, uh, planning, community development, HR, risk, parks, justice services, and public works. We support every one of those county administrative departments. Those are all the folks who fall under, uh, under Brett Waters as the county administrator. Um, we also uh, provide representation on a day-to-day basis for the countywide elected officials. So think the sheriff, the DA, the assessor, treasurer, clerk and recorder, coroner. Um, we actually provide legal advice and support for those folks. So that accounts for a portion of that number is just the average day-to-day uh, types of questions and legal advice and matters that we're looking into for those folks. Uh, of course, we have uh, several ongoing litigation matters. Um, not all local government has litigation in-house. A, a lot of folks actually will use outside counsel to take care of their, their courthouse matters. Um, we actually do that in-house. We're pretty much of a full wraparound legal office with a couple of minor exceptions. Um, and then the Department of Human Services, There's, there are two sides to my office. I've focused so far on the, the civil side of the office. We actually have a, a cat DHS is what we refer to them as, which leads to lots of funny cat memes and stuff going around. Um, but uh, our, our DHS side of the office actually has the highest dependency and neglect uh, caseload in the state. Um, as well as conducting uh, adult protection, civil commitments, uh, and, and several other matters, just to name a few of them. Um, so there are multiple pending matters over there at, at any given time as well. Well, yeah, I mean, that certainly sounds like something that would reach that 850 number for sure. Uh, and then from a visibility standpoint, you know, people can see you sitting up on the dais during the Board of County Commissioner meetings. Uh, naturally, your role, as we have been discussing, involves a little bit more than that. Is there anything else uh, that you haven't discussed so far uh, that your office is over? You know, one item that, uh, that we haven't spent any time on, and again, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, is, uh, is land use. Um, well, I had mentioned that planning community development is one of the departments that we support. Uh, it's not a simplistic answer a phone call or send an email with some legal advice kind of an issue. Uh, Lori Sego is our, our primary attorney that, that works on land use matters. But uh, you're looking at everything from formal public meetings at planning commission to the board of county commissioners. You will see Lori present at those, um, as well as a variety of supporting documents, uh, easements, licenses, and land, uh, several things along those lines. And those are accounted for in that 848 as well. Now, those land use meetings are public meetings. Uh, people, people are able to attend those. When you are called on for that legal advice, I, I, specifically in those land use meetings, because there can be a lot of um, eh, confusion. There, there are a lot of ins and outs when it comes to legal things for land use meetings. How do you approach sharing information that is easily understood by a vast audience. I mean, just for myself, legal is not my thing. (laughs) I I couldn't tell you the first thing about, you know, legal anything. And, you know, certainly please don't come to me for any legal advice. Uh, But how do you break that down in a way that's digestible uh, for people who are attending those meetings and, you know, for the commissioners themselves and for anyone else that's listening? That's a great question. Um, I prefer to, to simplify as much as possible um, and give as much, as much surrounding information as I'm able to in, in pretty straightforward terms when I'm describing how something works at the dais. 
uh, my attorneys who support me and, and may speak for the podium, they, they have a similar approach because we know that this is for public consumption. It's a broader audience that needs to understand what their government is doing and why they're doing it. Um, more detailed, complicated legal questions, uh, more often than not, those that's actually not discussed in public. Um, I, I prefer not to give complicated legal advice in public because I think it can confuse the public. I think that it can confuse matters. Um, but most importantly, there's an attorney-client privilege that, um, mm-hmm. and the privilege goes away, obviously, if you err online. <laughs> Share a little too much information. Right. Yeah. So some local governments retain law firms to do a portion or all of their legal work for them. Uh, that's not the case here in El Paso County, as you've been talking about. Uh, can you tell me why you think the model of having an in-house counsel is preferable? Uh, great question. Uh, I actually get very excited about this topic. Um, <laughs> So uh, you're correct. There are varying degrees of outside counsel involvement uh, with different government offices, both locally and and across the state, probably across the country as well. Um, Our model includes um, the vast majority of legal service being provided in-house, and uh, and that's very intentional. Um, I I have nothing but respect for my private law firm uh, colleagues but a, an attorney or a paralegal or a legal assistant at a private law firm is somebody who is first an attorney, paralegal, or legal assistant, happened to work for a law firm, and is happening to work on any given matter at, at a given time. Uh, what I can say about folks that work for my office is they are passionate county ambassadors. Um, our, our attorneys, our, our staff, um, they're excited about the county's mission. Um, they're county people first that happen to be doing legal work. Second, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And it makes me wonder, you've talked about providing legal advice for a couple of different groups. As someone who may not be familiar, do you provide legal advice for El Paso County staff? Or is it, also, is it just for those different uh, officers like at the top of the county? So that's a good question. So we had discussed the countywide elected officials and, and some of those titles, as well as Brett Waters. So when we are looking at county staff, the the departmental staff, the executive directors, um, that chain all flows up to Brett. That's a long-winded way of saying, yes, we do provide (laughs) advice to uh, to, to county staff, to those Mm -hmm. executive directors. Um, Ultimately, though, they they answer to Brett. So Brett and I wind up spending quite a bit of time together to make sure that, again, we're always in lockstep. Great. And we mentioned, uh, we briefly mentioned the Board of County Commissioners meetings earlier. I wanted to go back to those for a minute. Uh, During those meetings, as we talked about, like with land use, you can be called on for specific legal advice. Uh, How do you prepare ahead of time to make sure you're able to respond to questions that may come up? And I mean, what does that process look like if it's something that, you know, isn't right off the top of your head? I mean, you don't (laughs) look like a legal dictionary to me, but who who knows? Uh, What do you do in terms of responding to a question that you may not have the answer for right away? Got it. Well, first, as far as preparation, um, I I do spend a good bit of time with the agendas before the meeting, uh, make sure that I understand at least what's what's on the agenda and what one could probably see coming. Now, that's probably the more low-hanging, obvious uh, uh, kind of preparation work. Um, Otherwise, I do keep a, uh, I keep both on my computer and in a notebook, some of the the typical issues that come up at public meetings. Um, Everything from constitutional free speech issues uh, to open meetings law to open records law, I like to have those those handy and ready to be searched if uh, if something comes up. 
Now, with all that being said, um, anybody who watches the meetings routinely will see there, there are occasions when I simply don't have an immediate answer to something. Um, and I'm not too shy about asking for a little bit of time um, and using the phone a friend os- uh, option for one of my awesome attorneys to help me out too. So that actually brings up a good question for me, being able to phone a friend to one of your county attorney pals up here. Um, how many people are on that staff, the county attorney staff? The full county attorney staff is comprised of 61 people. Um, that would include, again, the, the civil side of the office that's housed uh, here in Centennial Hall, as well as the Department of Human Services folks, the, the CAT DHS people. Um, and they're over at the old Metro building uh, attached to the courthouse. We've been talking about some pretty specific things here. I want to go a little bit more broad here for a minute. Uh, What is your vision for the county's attorney's office? Can you name a few things you would like to accomplish while you're here? I'd love to. Um, Vision-wise, I think that the the office was already on a very good course before I came into the picture. Um, And and I think that the, the best example of that is probably that our previous county attorney is now a district court judge. Um, I think that this is the, the kind of place that you really come to as a legal professional for the, the peak of your career. We're known historically as, as keeping people for a very long time. Um, and, and again, having, having employees, whether it be uh, attorneys, paralegals, legal assistants, um, people who are excited about the county's mission and, and who believe in it. And I think that that's actually shown by the length of time that, that folks stay here. One thing that uh, that our countywide offices and our departments are probably going to see a little bit more of is uh, my staff meetings taking place in their their offices. Um, my requesting uh, short presentations on some of the specific operational things that those departments or offices do. Um, that's intentional on my part. Uh, I, I want to make sure that that my office is present. Um, for for any needs that our executives or uh, or countywide electeds might have, um, I also uh, not only want to be present, but I want my folks to understand um, specifics of those operations because I, it frankly makes us better legal advisors uh, on a day to day basis. I, I think it's exciting to be able to leverage the fact that that again we have wraparound legal services here in house, um, and it it really gets more exposure to my folks and, and more ability to, to provide that good advice and to really get to the point that, that our clients want to get to. I, I know that there's an, an age-old image of the, uh, the attorney with the no stamp or the roadblock that's going to get in the way. <laughs> um, I find, and I think that most of my staff would agree with this, I find that a pretty abhorrent vision. Um, right, <laughs> really, right. we should be... Uh, more like a, uh, as I described Diana May at one point, a rocket that doesn't crash into things. Um, we should really be able to take you from point A to point B. Uh, and I think understanding operationally what point B looks like uh, can really help us out as far as, as far as helping you out. Well, I mean, all, all of that certainly sounds great. It makes it seem like you are a very busy person. I think like most <laughs> people probably would agree, lawyers seem like they are uh, lawyers first and second and third. And that's about all lawyers are at some points. Uh, you've got to have some time outside the office though. What sort of things do you like to do outside of the office? Well, I would say first and foremost, time with family. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I have a, a wife, a 13 year old daughter and, uh, my, my nephew lives with us. He's about to be 17. Oh, wow. Um, so I spend a lot of time with uh, the teenagers and the wife, uh, because they're teenagers. I spend a lot of time cooking, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and getting to be a teenager myself. So I have a lot of fun with kids. Nice. That's great. And 
Do you have a favorite John Grisham novel? That's something I've always wanted to ask an attorney. That's you, an excellent question. I don't read Grisham. Isn't oh, that the weirdest oh, answer? Oh, no. Okay. I know. It's like telling Brett Waters you don't watch football. You're ostracized forever. Yeah, boy. Uh, I mean, where do you get all of your legal advice then if not from a John Grisham novel? <laughs> Those red books over there on the shelf. No, they, they don't look as exciting, but I guess that, that's fair. That's fair. So one more question I want to ask before we wrap things up here. Why do you think it's important that residents are involved in the local government process? You know, we have this opportunity for them to attend Board of County Commissioner meetings, these land use meetings, all these open meetings where uh, we transparency is the name of the game. Why do you think it's so important for the residents to be involved? And what would you tell someone as a reason to be involved in local government? I think there are several, um, but first and foremost, the, the biggest reason to be involved in local government as a citizen, if you live here in El Paso County, El Paso County touches your life probably a lot more regularly and routinely than the political systems that most people watch. Uh, county government is in, is in an exciting business. If we're not keeping the, the county road system safe on one day, we are rescuing children from a, from a dangerous situation on another. Um, we do so many different things as a county. We, we run a jail. We, uh, the, the coroner's office de- determines manner and cause of death. Um, there are a number of things that county, uh, the, the county government does that I think a lot of people don't understand. So I think that it is important for a citizen that wants to be involved and, and understand what's happening around them. Local government is where it's at, in my opinion. Great. And then is there anything else that you'd like to add? Anything uh, you'd want to cover about your own position, the county's attorney's office, anything else that you think would be important uh, for listeners to know? This will be another point about me personally more than professionally. Sure. Um, I'm a local boy. I grew up here. Uh, I can't put in words how great the opportunity to, to serve in this kind of a role for the place that I grew up. Um, I, I can't tell you how exciting that is and what an honor it is um, that, you know, to, to be here for the citizens and to, and to do something of this level of import um, is about as exciting as it gets for me in, in a career. Great. No, that, that's awesome to hear. And thank you, Kenny. I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, I know this, uh, <laughs> I'm sure this was your favorite thing that you've done this week, but no, I, I really do. Again, I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, same goes. Thank you. And if you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, you can search for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.